0: One day, my daughter said to me, I can't stay quiet, my mouth wants to talk. And I couldn't wait to hear what came out of it next. We don't spend enough time telling stories or listening to those of the people who shape the world we live in. Here are real stories of the eclectic cast of characters I've collected in my menagerie of weirdos. They're brave just like you. And they deserve to be listened to. I'm Sam Jenny. And this is Everyone's Weird, and so are you.
1: Jibber jabber. Jibber
0: jabber. Hey, weirdos, it's me, Sam, from Everyone's Weird, and so are you.
1: And it's me, Ronan, from that place. Over there.
0: (laughs) Not there. You'll find me. Keep looking. Warmer? (laughs) You're getting creepier and creepier the more you dive into this AI stuff. I'm just saying. I have a Am short I message the AI? for people that can see our podcast. Oh, um, if you can't AI see our podcast, me. Please, please just forgive us. And please, uh, if you if you can't see our podcast, just go on to YouTube so you can see the sign that I'm holding up because it is very pertinent and very real. All right? Okay. Thank you. Okay. We are going to be talking to today... Nick Bliss. He's a DJ. He's from my hometown, Kearney, Nebraska. And I'm not super biased by having him on the show because he's actually super phenomenally talented and a really great person. We actually, during this episode, we have a battle where I challenged him to create a mashup of two songs. And we kind of went back and forth on each song and decided on two. And so he has a mashup. I have a mashup. He murdered me in
2: this. Call um, the police, and, and as I recall, <clears throat> I destroyed both of you. So
0: mm, there, as I recall, you weren't there. But that's uh, okay.
2: No, I, I've definitely got my contribution.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll talk about it, Ronan. Do you have any weird facts for us this week? Like, act, like, like factual fat,
2: fact, factual
0: facts,
1: factual facts,
0: fact, fact um, factual
1: facts. Yes. Well, one thing—it's more. More of kind of a, a point of interest, really, than a fact. But um, I'm you're familiar with the term mansplaining?
0: No, can you explain that to me? Just kidding.
2: Well, uh, the term mansplaining <laughs> is commonly. I wasn't. I wasn't about to define it.
0: Third fact of the week, um, I I heard that uh that 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 one time on the street I heard from somebody that doesn't even like know us and is unrelated to this whole entire scenario that one time um Josh paid a hooker to read him a bedtime story and that's it and then she left and she felt better about herself and then she went on on her uh, life and she became a teller at a bank and she just completely changed everything so that he like completely rehabilitated
2: her and that's really great for Josh. Did you know that there is more iron in a single spinach leaf than in all of Scandinavia?
0: (laughs) No, that is not factual.
2: Yeah, no, it's true.
0: There's tons of iron in spinach.
2: Spinach is super high in iron, yeah.
0: So. But if there's spinach in Scandinavia, that doesn't make any sense.
2: No, no, because the iron is in the is in just one leaf of spinach, so it's not. Yeah, and it, it's more than all of Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go so, and check uh, with what the
0: new real fact. I got, I got, I got a real fact. Um, I just gonna you know, just glaze over that one and go to uh, Baghdad, Iraq. You know about Baghdad? You want to know about Baghdad? You want to know real it- bad? It was founded around A.D. 762. The center of Islamic culture and faith was perhaps the first city to house more than one million people. Can I tell you my weird occurrence of the week this week?
2: Was it that you had way too much caffeine because that's coming across?
0: No, I get really excited about good customer service. (gasps) Yeah. Hit me. So I went to the state fair to watch J.C. Cameron on our show and in one featured episode anyway so i was going to state fair and so i pull into the wrong parking lot and this is like a heavily guarded place security's tight right and i pull in and i'm just being me i'm like i don't know what i'm doing so i pull in and ask the lady who's like running the opening thing and looks really scary i was like hey I just need to find a place to park. Like, I need to get into this stage at this point in time. Like, I have 18 minutes to get there. There's no place to park. I don't want to pay for parking. It's street parking, whatever. She tells me where to go. I don't really know what she told me. Honestly, I don't know Grand Island very well. But I um park at, like probably four blocks away of a walk and start running. And I get there really fast. And she was like, Holy crap, you made it back really fast. So I was like, I was running. And then I was like, can I get in? Um, I Where do I pay for admissions? And she was like, you're already in. And stamped my arm. did make me pay for admissions. And then she called on the radio. She radioed somebody to come pick me up. And they like, golf carted me over to the stage. Which was really far. Like, I would have been 10 minutes late. And I was 10 minutes early instead. So that was really incredible. And on the way out, I accidentally went the wrong way and went in like in a restricted area. And I was like climbing through the fence of the restricted area with like my, my professional camera, my bag and everything. And like just weaseled my way through the, you know, the, the fences and the people that were on guard there at that checkpoint were like laughing at me the whole time. And they're like, we're actually super impressed. <laughs> so to the Nebraska State Fair employees, I salute you. You guys are phenomenal. I got to ride to and from the stage. I got to document everything I needed to. And you were all hilarious and amazing. Thank you for that.
2: That was weird. The secret to cat burglary
1: is have a good attitude. And they'll just let you get away with it. Did you say cat burglary? Yes. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hey, Nick.
0: How you doing?
3: I'm doing good. How's it going?
0: Good. Uh where are thanks you looking at me. today? Yeah, thanks for being here. Super I'm happy to have you,
3: you. From Omaha. Good old Omaha, awesome. Nebraska.
0: I'm not gonna say that I almost puked with excitement after you like got a hold of me on Snapchat you want to be on here because I was like I was hoping to get you but I was like you're on my list of people to contact and you contacted me and I was like yes and I was already so stoked because of our cast is amazing and then you like just iced that cupcake
3: that's cool it looked like fun so that's why I hit you up yeah I'm like well this would be a fun time
0: super stoked to have (laughs) you on here um thank you can you you we're you were here with Ronan who you is known as from Galway, Ireland
3: that is correct. And me, yeah, in we Minneapolis.
0: Met. <laughs> we met in the pre-interview. We're good.
3: We, we met.
2: We met. We're old friends. We're, we're, going to, we're going antiquing at the weekend. It's going to be awesome. That's uh, true. I'm psyched. I, I want them to meet my mother. It's...
3: Yeah, a little yeah. Rain, too, rainy golf we'll throw in there. It'll be fun. Too soon. That's the plan. Nice. Don't scare him away. <laughs>
0: Um, we're gonna drive we're gonna rent a car and drive up the coast.
3: Buy oh, some God, lumber, yeah. figure out how to yeah. build a house. Just, oh, that sounds fun.
2: <laughs> I really wanna hit Vermont One the, the leaves are just turning.
0: Uh, you yeah. guys really hit it off, huh? <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, we did. You, so Nick, you and I are from the same hometown. I know that you even know that my siblings. Is true. could we do a who is oh, hotter? Oh, oh let's let's, let's,
2: let's not let's not start the whole <laughs> hot sibling <laughs> jealousy Sibley thing, because I will, I will take over this show. I will, involved, I will talk about five
3: years of Me or torture. Derek.
0: Me or Derek. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Really kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you, you grew up in Kearney, like I did in Nebraska, right?
3: That is correct. Well, from seventh and, grade through high school, anyway. So and where consider were you it before my hometown. that?
0: Where were you before Kearney?
3: Before that, we moved around a lot. I was actually, I think... Five we were in Omaha before that we were in some tiny town in Kansas, Lynn, Kansas. After that, it was auburn Nebraska, so the the Arbor section of the state and then from there, it was good old Webster County right next to Kansas, a little another little tiny town called Bladen, and then we moved to the big city of uh Kearney when I was in seventh grade, I think ninety two so the vast yeah.
0: metropolis, yes exactly um. <laughs> Was that in due like to your parents' jobs, right? Probably yeah, correct.
3: Both, gotcha. both teachers. Yep.
0: Uh do they still teach? Are they retired?
3: They're both freshly retired and going on cruises and stuff now. So congrats they on
0: your cruises. Take me with you. Um, and know. what did what what level of of education do they teach?
3: Um uh, they taught well mostly uh like elementary through junior high for the most part.
0: All right. And it was a little what bit subject? of high school here
3: and there, but nothing really above that.
0: Did they ever teach at the same school? Oh, yes. Probably not. They, they did. Not. Oh, they did. They did. How, they did. Like they do band and choir something. Cause I know it was music.
3: Yeah, they did that as well as just, you know, regular curriculum and everything too. But at like oh, uh, Zion Lutheran, I think might've been, their main gig together. My dad was actually the principal there for a little while. They're in Kearney.
1: Oh, that's really and cool. taught
3: eighth grade, and then my mom, I think she went from like third grade to fourth grade.
2: Ah, oh, and then so they both your parents taught music.
3: Yeah, and they also did you know extracurricular music stuff too, like the handbells oh. and the choir and regular choir. So strong kind of musical roots there
2: i'm i'm a very intuitive person so i'm gonna just i'm i'm looking at you and i'm i'm seeing a lot of resentment i'm seeing a lot of rebellion (laughs) i'm going to say that you want nothing to do with music (laughs) music is the bane of your existence that's my prediction i'm locking it in
0: uh uh, buzzer
3: it it came a little bit later i was kind of a, a late bloomer as far as that goes like when i My mom sat me down to, you know, play piano one day to try maybe he'll be into this. Maybe he'll be into this. I wouldn't say until I was like 15 or 16 where I really was like, okay, I love music. I'll get into this. And that's when I started doing choir and picked up guitar and stuff like that. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. At first I was like, uh, I don't want to learn this classical piano or this or that and sing Yankee Doodle and do all that. That's not fun. That's not cool to all the other kids. I was more of like a, sports kid before all that
0: yankee
1: doodle
3: is super um, cool yankee doodle is cool the, that, that's what i the actually incentive for with. a 16
2: year old boy to pick up a guitar is so strong it's yeah
3: absolutely <laughs>
2: it's one of the strongest forces out there
3: it definitely is i felt it and i still love to play it to this day
0: <clears throat> do you have any siblings nick
3: i do have two younger brothers
0: do they do music have,
3: too one of them
2: is i think crying in the background right now.
0: Yeah. Oh no, that that's, his, that's, that's his baby Stan.
3: boy. <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that.
0: That's okay. Stan.
3: Stanley, what's this? Yeah, we might have to, a, his... yeah, might have have to, to be Stanley. mobile for a second here. Get him a treat. That's okay. Oh, get, him his, mm-hmm. get him one of his green beans. Ooh, nice.
0: Which are his yeah, favorite food?
3: He's, he's, ah, I he loves it. loves the green beans.
0: Are they fresh or canned?
1: The can Either I, one he loves. I'm with you, Stan. <laughs> nice.
0: That's so cute.
3: He likes him. How onions. old is he again? Is he he's pretty 12.
1: old? Yeah.
3: He oh. yeah. I'll get you a quick shot of him real quick. Hey, Stan. oh, everybody.
0: <gasps> <The> handsome man. Or he's a handsome boy. Oh. Give Not him so all quiet, the green but beans. Handsome. All of them. I'm gonna send him some green beans. And you said with onions. He likes them with he onions. Would love I'll send it with onions less than those two. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will take the onions from Ronan, who hates them, and send them to Stanley. Do your brothers are they musical too? Do they play anything or sing or anything like that?
3: Um, not really. They're more the sports guys. They never really recovered from the whole sports fetish deal. But uh, they have both totally been you know Recovery. supportive of me being the music guy amongst all the siblings in the family. So yes. so we all <laughs> they get along great.
0: Did it go to like sports fetish rehab or anything like that?
3: Uh, sometimes I wish they would for real. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa,
2: whoa, whoa! We we don't kink shame here, Sam. We don't kink shame. That Whatever you're into. Good point, Ronan. <laughs> so, some some guys just like balls, and that's that's their prerogative. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Are that's they,
0: cool. Are they oblong or like are they cylindrical? Are they? I don't understand. All What's all shapes
3: one? and sizes and colors of balls are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the season, the uh, the old color of the balls.
0: That's great. Um. Uh, so because of your parents, do you think that you, do you think that's where you got it? you think it was in your DNA or were you inspired by them, like watching them?
3: Uh, you know, there were outside influences too, outside the family. But yeah, definitely through them, it was, you know, I feel like it was in the DNA a little bit.
0: We're going to bury the lead on what you actually do for a second, all right? So... Don't even tell me what you do. Don't tell us what you do. But what are your biggest influences in music to do what you do?
3: I guess I could use uh, like DJ Shadow as an example. He was basically the first artist that I heard. And he said when he created it, Introducing was the name of the album that really got me into DJing. And I was so intrigued by it. So it was all these different records that he used, mixed, put together, arranged. Into you know create something totally different, and prior to that, I'd never heard or known anything like that before. Which was like you know my intro into like sampling. It's a tree with all these different branches of different music that I don't think I would have ever wanted to explore or even heard before. I'll use that as a real. That was a real jump starter for me as far as you know wanting to get into DJing. And then oh okay,
0: that's what you do.
2: Lead Unmarried. I, did. Married. <laughs> so. I thought was
0: like, is, is he play a harpsichord? Or like the dulcimer? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> recorder? Oh, yeah. He's a DJ. All right.
1: Yeah.
3: I remember playing the recorder. That was fun. But Hot Cross Buns wasn't exactly a big influence for me.
0: No. Weird. That's strange. Um, what are your biggest um influences outside of music that influence you to do what you do with DJing?
3: I would say nature. A lot of it comes from uh, you know, just going on long walks, kinda listening to that melody in your head, listening to the birds. I don't want to get too uh cuckoo, but I love going on walks. I go to Memorial Park and back whenever the weather's good as much as I can. And those are where I kinda gain like inspiration as to uh well what do i want to work with tonight or what am i going to mix this time or you know uh, this might catch my eye or this might trigger an idea for me
0: the nature of nature
2: i like
3: it The nature, nature, of nature. and
2: nature related yeah. accessories yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> the natural
0: nature of nature so you are you single like no kids nothing like that just you and stanley
3: um, I have a son. I'm not married. Um, my son actually lives in North Platte. His name's Elliot. Shout out to Elliot. He'll probably see this. Uh, what
1: up, Elliot? He, just,
3: he turned 16 in March. He's getting close to being graduated from high school there. So <laughs> he's a good egg. I love him. Yeah, and I'm you know currently single, not really looking to date. I'm just kind of existing right now. But, you know. Back off, that's how I ladies. like it. <laughs> Stay away.
0: That was my next question. Do you think that maybe like the nature of having a, a day job, which I'm pretty sure you have, and then also DJing, does that prohibit you from like pursuing relationships because you're so busy and you have such a, you know, drive towards your passion?
3: It's, it's kind of awkward. I'll admit that. I've had other friends that have said the same thing. They're like, some weeks it's hard. I barely see my girl. I'm out for three, four nights a week. And on the weekends, I'm always booked, too. So it's hard when you re- work a regular five-day week. Then you get to the weekend and your girl wants, you know, let's go out. Let's do this. Oh, well, we can do this. But tonight, I've got this thing. I've got this gig. So it's a little bit of an inhibitor. But if you can find a special someone that gets on board with that, I would say you could make it work. But it's it's definitely a, it's a deterrent sometimes. It makes it tough.
0: Feel that. Um, what is your day job, by the way? Uh,
3: I work for a local HVAC company, and I drive a route for them. and am service tech. So, so you are HVAC day,
0: certified? I... Well, you, you do it? You actually like, put on the suit and like the hazmat stuff?
3: Yeah, I got a suit. You got a van. It's great. Uh, I'm pretty much my own boss all day, so I like that aspect of it.
0: Have you been affected by mesothelioma? If so, contact, just kidding.
3: I have not. But if you got that 1-800 uh, number handy, I'll I'll keep it for the future. Who knows? might happen. I might just, get Legionnaires or something weird.
0: Just, like, watch Judge Judy someday. I'm sure the commercial will come on. It's fine. Not a big
3: deal. Oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I don't doubt it.
0: Um, you have quite the following, Carney, which is how I think that I picked up on you. I did not realize you were my sibling's age. I just thought you were closer to mine. Um, but I know that whenever you come to town, I have a lot
3: of friends are like,
0: Nicholas is in town. Let's go. Let's go.
3: But yeah, I didn't really know that about Carney at all. So yeah, shout out to all the people that have been like, Hey, we're going to see Bliss tonight. That's fun. I DJ there for, (laughs) I started DJing there at the Roman back in those days. I don't know if you remember the Roman.
0: Oh, the Roman on the corner of railroad and uh, central. Yes.
3: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So when that place was going, that's kind of when I first started going out there and,
0: I need to know this and I want you to be completely honest with me. Okay? Webb's Pinky Promise, be honest with me on this, okay? I need, I need to see it. Give Pinky out. What is your favorite Guilty Pleasure song?
3: Oh, Sexy Back, JT. Oh. That's not necessarily a bad song. I mean, everybody loves that song, but it's definitely, it's a it's go How often do you jam out to it? I don't know. Probably a weekly basis, I would guess. At least some point <laughs> i have listened to it. Nice. <laughs> Nice. I I had a friend that walked into a job interview with that song going on one time, so I think that kind of solidified the moment where it was like, all right, this is a jam.
0: I'm getting this job. So, uh, what's your favorite like performance you've ever been to for somebody else, like concert performance, DJ, whatever band, whatever?
3: When I lived in Texas, I saw the Who. That was amazing. Ooh. So that was seeing like it's- you know the epitome of rock and roll in your face, Pete Townsend doing the everything i wanted to cry it's great um did you cry probably number one i didn't cry i cheered a lot i lost my voice and we had nosebleed seats and i just remember this group of people in front of us that were yelling magic bus play magic bus the whole time they never played magic bus and i wasn't mad about it but i love the (laughs) who (laughs) got to see them let's see who else have i seen counting crows open for them which is weird because adam duritz had just uh He like he was in Amsterdam for like a year right before that. Nobody really knew what happened to him. He ate a bunch of food, smoked a bunch of weed, and he came back and he's like, "I'm gonna open for the Who now." So that was cool. Counting Crows, that was a good set. I saw Jurassic Five, Dilated Peoples, and the Beat Junkies, famous turntable crew in Austin at Stubbs Barbecue. I think that was 2000. That kind of inspired me to even more want to be a DJ that show right there. That was amazing. That um, sounds very hip. Oh, it was super hip. I'm also a huge fan of Charlie Crockett. I'm about to see him for the seventh time in June. He's a uh, King of Texas. He's like the new up and coming George Strait. Going to be a legend someday. He's friends with Willie Nelson done a bunch of shows with him. I have met him good egg. Super nice guy. who will make you feel like a million bucks. Yeah, that's about all I can cite for examples right now. I've seen too many shows, but yeah, I yeah, love going I to shows. Like...
0: Who is your favorite that you've ever collaborated with, like worked with,
3: like artist-wise? All present company excluded, I would say. <laughs> Keaton Hoffman is a great DJ, musician. Lives in and He's actually originally from Minden. So shout out to Keaton. He goes by DJ Flycuts. So, we're working on getting some shows together again, but we've played a few before and they've always been a blast. So, back when I would play at like Buffalo Records downtown, shout out to Buffalo Records too. I love those cats. Yeah. Rex, Bryce. You guys are the best. (laughs) Love you guys. The
0: best. Rex and Bryce. They are the best.
3: So, he would drop in and start to do like his sets there when he first started off. And then recently, well, he moved to Lincoln a couple years ago. And. Like, he would DJ for, like, the Husker basketball games and the volleyball games this past year. So he's, like, getting big, super big, um, very well-respected. He plays for a lot of MCs and plays with other DJs too. But good egg that kid, and he's got – he's probably the most talented DJ that I know of that, you know, that I actually get to work with. So I'll, I'll, I'll cite Keaton for the example on that one.
0: Nice. Nice. It's got the most omega-3 fatty acids. He's a good egg.
3: Good egg. <laughs> omega-3. Shout out to omega-3.
2: Shout out to omega-3. <laughs> e- easily my favorite omega. And it, it's hard to pull off a second sequel, but they did it.
3: <laughs> they, they did, know, it. They did yep. it. How so, many trilogies can you say where the third one was the best? I can't think of any.
0: Lord of the Rings.
3: Especially the Godfather. Ooh, debatable. Debatable. It is two debatable. towers.
2: Battle, battle two Towers was pretty spectacular. Uh then you get the Star dark.
3: Wars people that'll tell you Return of the Jedi too, but uh Oh I but don't they're know.
2: they're obviously wrong because Empire exists.
3: So. Empire. Exactly.
2: questions do I have about Nebraska <laughs> that weren't answered thirteen years ago?
3: <laughs> Ooh, okay. That is a tough oh. Will uh, and O Pioneers
0: um, also, the guy that does The the Blacklist is from Carney, the guy that wrote and directed the show The Blacklist, right? You know what I'm talking about? I've heard that. The I can't
3: think of the, the guy's name.
0: I can't think of his name either, but shout out is to Thomas that guy. Is Thomas Jane in that? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, it's, uh, hold on a second. I know, I know. It's on the top of my tongue. It's uh, John Camp.
2: Oh, no, but like Thomas Jane is the actor oh, in that, right? yeah, yeah Bokenkamp. Like Camp. Yeah,
0: yeah, hmm yeah. Yeah, we, okay. like, have so, you been to the World Theater since they redid it?
2: You heard it here first. Because <laughs> they
0: had, like, <laughs> I think they opened it with his show, I'm pretty sure. Have you been there? Have you? When was the last time you were back in town?
3: I can't even remember the last time I was back in town. That's, uh, it's been a while.
0: You're coming back this summer, though, right?
3: I will be back this summer. I do have a question.
2: Sure. For Nick. As a professional DJ, as someone who has played again and again and again, what has made it onto your own personal professional do not playlist? What song, what track, what artist are you just Ooh. done with? What's off the
3: decks? That's a toughie. There's really nobody on that list that I... I'll get those people once in a while that are like, play Slayer, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is not exactly my niche to play, you know, hard, heavy metal. But I have played like Metallica before and mixed it. So I'm not saying that's out of the, the realm of anything, but just stuff that's just out of left field like that. Like, And I don't want to dog on anybody, so I don't want to be like, oh, I'll never play Drake, or I'll never play Kanye, or I'll never play this. Uh, I kind of separate what people But those do. are the
2: names that came to mind.
3: Well, they popped in there, yeah. <laughs> I would say they're more uh, commonly uh, set aside for different DJs or whoever else is playing. But... So you won't hear me play any of those names. I just dropped a lot, but, I mean, I will play them. Uh, it just depends on... How much someone's paying me for a request there, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So not too interesting with anything there. I'm kind of open to everything, really. But nothing, Great. just you know, two hours. Don't stop believing. But, like, Journey, go. Yeah, that's that's got to be a, a right time and a right place thing for me. Right scenario, Damn. but I will. I'll, I will play it if that's a go-to. Everybody loves it. Everyone will start singing. Usually people are a little bit, you know, sipping back on the old cough medicine there, but I'll play something like that. Where but I know everyone's going to be like, "Ah, oh, let's go crazy. He's playing this. But yeah, I kind of like to keep it. Uh, what I really like to do is play stuff that's like kind of left of center, like stuff that I think you'll like that you maybe have never heard before. And I kind of try and stay with that. But I'll sprinkle in the stuff that people know, you know, just to gain you know, their trust that way, but I like going down that path. that's kind of, you know, hidden and go that way. Introduce like, that. like the last time I played a set, it was actually weird. It was in uh, a friend of mine's basement. I haven't played a basement party in like 15 years, but we did one and there was like 50 people that came in and out and a guy the next day was talking to me about it. And I didn't even see him throughout this party. He was like, At one point, he's like, I kind of had to leave the crowd. And he's like, I started making a playlist and just shazamming what you were playing so I could make a playlist on Spotify later. And I was like, wow, that's wild. He's like, I didn't know a lot of this music you were playing, and I just had to know it. So he's like, I made this playlist as you were playing. And I took that as a huge compliment. I'm like, well, that's great. You know, that's 100% the goal I'm looking at to see, you know, Not not to say that people weren't enjoying themselves otherwise, but that was a huge compliment for someone to be like, I had to know this music that you were playing and he, you know, made a playlist and the whole thing with it. So that's kind of what I like to look for. There's go, going down that road to, to reach people. That's really
0: collaborative too. That's really cool that you're, that, you know, inspiring people to look up your, what you think sounds good. And then you're, you know, boosting that, that artist too. I think that we all as musicians need to be extremely collaborative because Absolutely. I don't know. Wow. I've always found we it. we talked about yeah. this before COVID. Like we we first of all, being a musician or a DJ or whatever in our industry, we are extremely Under I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. We're extremely underappreciated and underpaid. That's true. But Very COVID true. made it so much worse. Didn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, Cuz we had to, I had to have like home shows and like wear masks even in your own home to like broadcast over Facebook, which was kind of cool because we got more of like a digital following, but still for you, especially yeah. probably in your genre, like if DJing, like it, it probably hit you even harder.
3: Oh, it was tough. It was very tough. Because What'd you do in that time? Basically just kind of worked in the studio, just kept practicing, kept the, kept the chops up and just kept my fingers crossed for the best. And then once you saw like venues were closing and, you know, it's just like a new, you know, kick to the butt every day. It seemed like, and I missed it so much. Cause I love going out there and that's part of it is like, you know, interacting with the crowd. It's a party, it's a good time. And then just all of a sudden it's a swoop of a hat. It's just, it was all gone. And I, I tried to stream a couple sets, you know, but it just didn't feel the same. Um, I still collaborated with a couple different DJs and a couple different musicians around that time, too, just to, you know, keep the energy alive somehow. But, yeah, the, the COVID time was definitely, definitely tough.
0: Yep. I'm glad to see everybody getting, and it seems like it kind of revved up after we got out of it. Kind of like it now people are, like, really excited to get out there. Are you experiencing yeah, an influx in, like, gigs? Are you, like, you know, in bookings and stuff like that?
3: Yeah. Um, I have, I kind of take it easy during the winter and just kind of work on, you know, more like my own personal instrumentals and, you know, what I want to do creatively, like outside of just playing tracks and DJing. Um, But yeah, I've definitely noticed more of an outreach since then, as far as like, you know, people, Stan, you got to stop, man, please, buddy. He's, he's okay. He's making me want to cry. We
0: love you, Stan. I know, it's so sad, but he's so sweet. Do you, okay, do you sing?
3: I do sing. Like as I said, I was in choir with your sister. I'm not yeah. the greatest singer at all, but it was you sing uh, as well as actually, well, Stanley? During, <laughs> yeah. We should sing a duet together. It was actually during yeah. COVID that I started, I never like playing guitar, like ever learned to play rhythm and sing at the same time. So that's one of the things that COVID, I was like, I had a friend of mine that's also a DJ. He also plays guitar. Um, and he suggested that to me. He's like, you should get a guitar. He's like, you have a good voice. You can sing. You could teach yourself something in the meantime to kind of ease the pain of, you know, being without work. He's like, that's what I did. It was great for me. It was like therapy. So that's what I did. I went and bought a Martin guitar and just kind of learned some songs on my own. Some covers, started singing. So that was a little you know kind of some therapy for me during the and i guess it was the later end of covid
0: that's awesome i'm gonna challenge you to show me that sometime just so you know just for future reference um i learned how to throw knives during covid
3: well that's cool
0: i'm a ninja now so
3: watch out (laughs)
2: ninjas should always advertise that they're ninjas that's
3: yeah that's uh it's not breaking any ninja code there at all. No, I don't know the code. i just putting it out, out there, there online. Online. It's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, uh, um, do you feel like you get treated differently as a musician, as a DJ, than um, instrumentalists do?
3: Yeah. That's kind of weird that you bring that up. I feel like a lot of people think of DJs as like jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. And that's weird in the in the respect that, I don't think a lot of people think of DJs as musicians. I think they're just known as like, just kind of, like I said, like jukeboxes. But what are you really doing? Like with musicians, you're not going to see people go up and, well, I mean, you will, but it's weird to have people go right up to a DJ booth while you're on a stage. They'll go on a stage, approach the stage like you're not supposed to at a show and say here if you could play this for me you know you gotta play this song or you gotta play that i don't think there's any musicians out there that have people just coming up onto a stage on a regular basis and getting in someone's ear and saying hey you gotta play this song
0: (laughs) not in not in our ears no
3: (laughs) so it's you know it's like it's disrespectful it's like heckling at a comedy show you know that kind of that's the way i think of it but you know you, you kind of sign up for that when you take on the dj gig as opposed to being a musician in a band or whatever but
2: i hate when people <laughs> don't follow proper djing etiquette it's like the, the the rules were laid down very clearly okay we yeah, the absolutely. DJ <laughs> it, no no think. moshing beyond the first 15 feet yeah. no whispering in the dj's ear right no leave no leaving <laughs> no drinks be- no on balls. your
3: speakers or,
2: oh my god! that's yeah, amazing seriously?
0: that's awful um Wow, that's terrible. And then you get people uh,
3: too that are like, "Oh, can you take my purse? Can you take my coat? Can you put it behind the stage behind you or whatever?" And I'm like, "What? Holy what crap! Am I, that. What am I like a matre D now or what? What is this?" Shout that out to matre Ds. <laughs> Shout, Shout out to, to matre D's.
0: Ds. What's up? Okay, you remember um, what what you said to me when I called you or you I called you or you called me in the car? And I so I was like, I say that all the time. Do you remember what that was? That you do like your like main goal with what you do. You provide the emotional backdrop, right? Yeah.
3: Did I say that? I might have said that. You did. You said that.
0: And I was like, that's what I say all the time. Yeah. An emotional backdrop.
3: It's what it is. That's an
0: artist. That's an artist right there. That's all I'm saying. Um, What kind of equipment do you use?
3: Two turntables and a microphone. Uh, Yeah, two turntables and
0: a microphone.
3: That and then, you know, of course, I've integrated the laptop with Serato so I can be you know, technically sound. I love the Serato. I used to be that DJ that was hauling around at the Roman days, at the garage, before it became the other side. I was that guy hauling around eight crates of records and just kind of making up my, my set as I went along, which I've heard a lot of people say they miss that, but my back doesn't miss that at all. So, when so you Serato don't use came records around, anymore? No, I still do. I always bring at least one crate of records with me in case technology fails. Because I've been in a situation, I've been in a situation twice where technology did fail, so I had to go straight, you know, analog and go to the records. But as you might know, you know, Serato emulates vinyl, so you're literally t- playing two records. You just everything's already there in the laptop and the hard drive for you as far as tracks to play. And every, you know, there to are Toronto. some people out there that think it's cheating, but it's really not. You've got to go in there. You've got to find the tracks. You've got to set your cue points. You've got to, you know, there's a lot of work involved into building a library, even just on a laptop. So I think if then, people uh, you know, are
2: looking at it as something you can cheat at, then they're, you know,
3: not listening for to the, the goddamn using... music. Like, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Be there. Experience something. You're, you're I'm just not... in it
3: for the novelty at that point.
0: I'm not going to pretend to know like your years as an artistry, but I was a wedding DJ for a while. And we oh, did have cool. to have the the analog backup of having CDs just in case. And they did this chat to complete music and Carney. We had to, oh, yeah. we had a rapid rapid fire is what they called it, where they haze you and they throw like, you have to just change a song every 30 seconds. And you have to use CDs like analog mode. Like you have to actually find the oh, song so play like it. A... And then they also have people hazing you. Like they act out like, you know, Kids like puking or like people spilling drinks or just like being rude or whatever is yeah. it was it, like I said rapid fire hazy but it actually taught you a lot about having to like actually deal with if your technology fails which we know a lot about on this show so yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Um, sorry Sam I I don't know if there was some audio interference there but I did just hear the sound of ten thousand hipsters crying out in pain as you referred to CDs as analog so <laughs> sorry about that sorry about your eight tracks
0: bro. <laughs> do you still get stage fright ever like when you're performing
3: mm, generally no but it kind of depends on the gig like I played a blues, a blues festival a few years ago down here by the river and there was like 3,000 people there oh. but it was a, a big well known R&B artist that was there from the early 90s well known from that era and his band did a sound check for 2 hours. Now this is a festival. So by the time I got onto the stage, I was opening this whole festival and there was about 3000 angry people in the crowd that already wanted their money back. They were chanting this sucks. And I go up there and I did my thing for about 30 minutes and I feel like it like calmed the crowd. It was that's weird. intimidating.
0: But that's I was scary. nervous
3: as hell going to do that gig right there because I'm like everyone's pissed off, and and you know I got other people that are t- that were about to play after me. They're saying, you know, good luck up there. Uh, this might be a tough one for you. Just making me feel even worse. And I'm like, just yeah. block that out. Just get through this. It'll be fine. You're not going to get murdered. There's security here. It'll be okay. <laughs> you're not going to bomb. So that's kind of what happened. And after it was all done, I'd never felt more relieved in my life. So it was like that level of tension, le- tension level five, <laughs> you know, it, it almost made it better when it was done. So, it's always great
0: when I, you have to talk yourself down from you're not going to get murdered into any situation. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's, that's never a good situation. That's the on how bad yeah, this can go. So we're, When <laughs> I say tension level five, that's where you're at there and may get murdered here.
0: It only so, goes um, up to five, right? I think probably. Is that the is that five? Every, is that everyone's like five is scale? different though. Okay, got it, got yeah. it. Got yeah. I it.
1: Think
2: it um can so be. taking the the failure to adhere to standard DJing etiquette, um could you kind of boil down what you get from the two experiences, DJing and your instrumental performances? Like what, what does each one give you that the other maybe doesn't?
3: Um, that's a very good question. I would say, as experienced as I am with DJing, you can kind of, and it all depends on experience. I would say for me myself personally, I can create, you know, what I'm exploring for to create like the atmosphere that we're talking about. But as far as like Sorry. performing like in a band or like you know playing a bass, you're kind of there with a group. You know, if you're p- performing with other people on stage, it's not necessarily up to just you but when you're a dj you kind of take the reins of just riding that horse yourself but when you're with a band in a setting you have your instrument you're kind of standing behind you know you're playing guitar and if you're singing that's all you got but with dj you can i feel like the palette's even open more and so that's kind of the difference there so you can create you know if if one aesthetic isn't working you know this style of this Slow funk that I'm doing, I need to turn it up. You can do that. You can't necessarily do that. It all depends on your repertoire as a musician. So for me personally, I feel like I can go deeper. I have more options as far as DJing goes than I would per se me playing in a band. So that's just my personal perspective on it. But you know, we
0: had a we had an artist actually from Omaha as well um, on earlier. He's our first episode this season, but um, he said, "Oh, cool." Being the front man, his name is Jails John from Virgin Mary Pistol Grip. We love you, Jails. Anyway. Sorry, I'll I had to elongate that one more time. But he did say that being the front man is like being a quarterback. Um, if everyone loves you, it's on you. If they hate you, it's also on you.
1: And
3: that's yeah. how, right? The risk reward is, the, there's a lot more, yeah, to that. According to what your friend said there, yeah.
0: That's why I, I, agree I hate front manning anything. Yeah, I'd like to be an auxiliary musician to just stand behind and decorate everything and not have all that pressure (laughs) on me. So, yeah. That's why I play, you know, the, like, you know, violin, whatever, all the auxiliary instruments. That's why I stick to the triangles. That's why he sticks to the triangle. I play the
3: pity whistle. Yeah, (laughs) it's not bad.
0: Noah, I want to talk about, there was one time, do you you need to get Stanley?
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's going crazy again. Yeah, you can go get
0: him. It's okay. This cry is breaking my heart.
3: Um.
2: So, Nick, uh, I assume you're familiar with the massively successful uh, Nebraska tourism campaign that states Nebraska. It's not for everyone, which I interpreted as being massively xenophobic. But what do you think? What's your stance on Nebraska? What? What is it about Nebraska that's just, you know what? It's, it's an acquired uh, taste, but that's, that's okay.
3: I think it falls into the it's line not for of you. there's that state slogan that uh, I've seen on a T shirt before. It's uh, Missouri loves company. It's kind of hmm. along those lines nice. for me. So it's, you know, if you hear that, you're like, well, well Nebraska sucks. But there's a lot <laughs> of cool stuff here. We got the cranes. Um,
0: the flag.
1: Everybody behind
3: loves. You. To- yeah, yeah. There we go. Askers.
0: There
3: we go. So. Yeah, I think uh, the xenophobic thing. I think you're. It's right Like. <laughs> come on. It's People not like for Nebraska. you.
4: Stay out it, of here. It, it's don't, it's really not for anyone. You
3: but you will like in
2: Nebraska. Runs <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Or or it's I, like I an exclusive thing. Like hey. It's not for everyone, but if you
0: but come on, come over here and check
2: this runza. We don't let anyone in. I
0: exactly. never get you, a Runza. Oh, I failed you. It's like the most Irish tasting food in Nebraska. Dang it! And it's really oh, so popular. It's
2: it's it's, it's really good. Nothing? No, we
0: do it better. We do. It's <laughs> well then, it's nothing. not Irish.
2: Sorry, sorry. It's, if it's got a it's certain covered. level of quality, it's not authentically <laughs> Irish food. Sorry.
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's
2: so cabbage terrible. in it.
0: That's, Ooh, there yeah. is that. that's the point yeah i hate um, cabbage i really do <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm the worst irish
2: have. person i am so I, not for you
0: i have an agenda and it is to challenge you to a mashup segue into that whole ideal is that one time on snapchat i don't think we'd ever even spoken before and i really i think i just like put a snap out of me playing walking in memphis by mark Kahn. is that true yes okay and you were like i challenge you to mash up walking in memphis with i took a or how i got to memphis sorry by that's how who I was got that to guy? tom hall it's the super old country standard and then so i took those two songs and i also added i took a walk by passion pit and submarine by the Lumineers, and named it i took a submarine but then i decided to take a walk and that's how i got to memphis and i'm walking there
3: it was fantastic <laughs> You threw in, I challenged you, then you brought more to the challenge and then successfully executed it.
0: Thank you. Um, I still I play that all the time. <laughs> um, but I want to challenge you to mash mashup. So we're going to pick some songs, like two, two, three songs, whatever you want. You can throw whatever on and we'll challenge each other and just...
3: That's great. Does that sound good? That's, that sounds perfect.
0: All right, let's go get ready to do that then. All right. Okay. Ronan, you right. too. Get your triangle ready. <laughs>
2: I want to be the very best around, nothing's ever going to keep you down, you're the best around, like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test, to train them is my cause. I will travel across the land. Try to be best, cause you're only a mon, and a mon's gotta learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. Teach Pokemon to understand the
3: power that's inside karate. I'm just passing time during the feud. I like to, uh, you know, converge forces Collaboration. instead Much better. I love
0: that, that's great. Well, yeah
3: collab mentality. Keep it fun. Keep it weird. I mean
0: I don't really know what we're doing but I'm going to go first because I invited you to this duel. (laughs) I feel like that was the right way to go. That was a polite way to go. So I'll go first and then we'll cut to you and see how much you lose. Okay. Okay
3: should be fun <laughs> tbd Out
0: I could very tbd outcome well, tbd
3: i could very well lose bad but it's this it's going to be fun either, either way, way that's the point this is great I love this.
0: <laughs> you introduced this to my life after all so all right he grows nothing no i'll just i'll just focus it's okay
4: disease age 14 got you down on your knees so polite busy still saying
1: please
4: friend me when you ain't hearted friend every night we a mercedes there. We're gonna, you, Lynn, probably go ahead.
0: across the... Just, yeah, high five, high I think it was, high was high a good high
3: battle. High.
0: Huh? High five, high five. Up, up. Just put it up. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I'm Sam Jenny.
2: And I'm Carl Pilkington the third. Pleasure to have met you on this fine day.
0: Okay. Um, stay weird.
1: And Always keep a wish in your pocket, because you never know. Never know what? Well, if we knew that, then... Then we would know? Never
2: start a sentence that you don't intend. <laughs>